Alrighty, folks. Um, I see people are continuing to trickle in, but we will go ahead and get started. We've got plenty of things to cover. Um, we've got a nice treat today. We have both uh, Prepop, our Chief Technology Officer, and Alex G, our Chief Legal Officer, uh, joining to share some, some really cool updates uh, on what they are working on. Before we get into that, um, let me just uh, give... A few, you know, very brief comments uh, for for this week. Uh, key point this week, as it's been for you know the past several weeks, is that you know we are very much you know continue to be heads down on the V2 vaults. Uh, Prepop has some really great progress to report um, on that, but the TLDRs things are continuing apace, and you know we're very pleased with uh, our overall progress and uh, the timeline for our work on the vaults. Um, Simultaneous, of course, to developing the V2 Vault product, you know, we've really been thinking, you know, more and more intensely about distribution, marketing, business development for the vaults, knowing that, you know, we we are on track to launch in Q4 uh, as planned. So, you know, we have some very exciting updates on that, and I'll, I'll try to keep them concise. We'll have more to share as, as time goes on. But the key point is that, we, as I think some of you guys have seen in our updated roadmap, we are progressing with um, creating a several legal entities so that we have a you know fully U.S. compliant private fund for qualified purchasers. So we're talking essentially about what we call a hedge fund set up, um, essentially you know timed to the launch of the B two vault and, and actually possibly somewhat in advance of that. And, and the reason we settled on a hedge fund, you know, to be perfectly frank, is simply that it takes significantly less time to set up um, a private fund entity than it does to apply for the licensure uh, and to go through the registration process for money services business and registered investment advisor. Um, we're still going to do those things, but we want to make sure that we have, you know, a really you know, a, a very rock solid, fully compliant um, and, and very familiar, understandable entity that we can use to market the V2 vault products when, you know, at, at the time that we launch, right, which we expect to be you know, fairly soon, a couple, a couple of months. So, you know, we've also been working with um, some, some external advisors to really narrow down, as I've shared with you guys before, narrow down our target market, understand, um, you know, who exactly we're going to be marketing to in the near term. And, and we have a very clear picture at this point of, you know, the specific subsets of the institutional market where we think we can make the most headway. Um, we feel very comfortable that a private fund structure for, you know, qualified investors, which is, you know, uh, institutions with, in assets under management of $25 million plus or individuals with a net worth of $5 million plus, uh, we feel very comfortable that's going to be uh, a, a very appropriate entity to use to reach this you know, initial target market. So you know, we're not going to neglect by any means our, our on-chain partners, you know, members of our community, um, you know, just whales and, and, and DeFi native hedge funds that are already on-chain that will, of course, be free to deposit permissionlessly into our v2 vault you know we're never going to compromise the decentralization and the permissionlessness and the non-custodial nature of our 
vault smart contracts. But we're really excited about you know this this fund, which will be part of Umami Advisors, which uh, is is a brand I think we've shared before. Um, we're really excited about the potential of the Umami Advisors private fund to reach new users um, and and onboard capital far faster than if we didn't have that regulatory compliant off-chain entity. So expect to hear more updates on that. Um, but, you know, essentially what I can tell you is that behind the scenes, you know, we now are, you know, full steam ahead with basically two very heavy lifts. And, you know, the first is continuing with the V2 Vault product development, um, which is taking up you know, all the bandwidth of our product strategists and our developers. And then for the business team, um, we are now full steam ahead with Umami Advisors. And we're, you know, lining up uh, meetings with a number of hedge funds, family offices, large RIAs, um, educating them about the offering that we're going to have, and also proceeding with uh, an external securities law firm in the U.S. to set up the actual entities and there'll be you know entities in the caymans and the us um as well associated with the fund so you know i think that that's really enough on my end and i would love to pass the mic to prepop who has some great updates on the uh, v2 vault development so yeah um like you know some of the past uh if, if you didn't make it to some of our past uh amas uh, the dev team is hard at work, um, and the biggest focus uh, for these last few weeks has been building out our backtesting, modeling, um, and strategy. And so, you know, this is really cool for a number of reasons. Um, the first one is um, optimizing our strategy uh, within the vault. Um, and, you know, the biggest part of the strategy is, is the hedging. Um, and uh, I, I talked a lot about, you know, our new approach for our hedge strategy, and that's, um, you know, balancing the, the cost, security, scalability, and technical debt. And, um, you know, specifically now we're in the point where, where we're optimizing to reduce costs of hedging. And, um, you know, with our work through the backtesting and and modeling, we're, we're having some really nice discoveries um, as we go through this process. And so, you know, we're, we're all very excited about, about where we're at. Um, and there will be, um, of course, uh, you know, the other very productive thing that comes from this backtesting modeling is, um, you know, the historic data of how the strategies uh, will perform over over you know, the last year of, of um, GLP, GMX data. And, uh, you know, we've spent so much time in uh, perfecting the simulation of um, how, how it will operate um, to the level of, of uh, you know, the exact contract interactions and exact um, price feed, price feed data that will be used by GMX. And, you know, our goal was to become the most familiar with GMX's contracts during this process as GMX themselves, um, you know, to get the simulation as accurate as possible. And I think in general, when testing a strategy, um, it's not so much that it's a difficult process, you know, development wise, um, but it's only as good as your accuracy in both 
the simulation of uh, the, the process you're working with, right? And in our case, a simulation of um, the hedging and the GLP, both uh, fees, uh, yield, um, and every contract interaction that our vault will be doing with GMX. And also the accuracy of the data that you feed in. And of course, the nice thing is with, uh, you know, with a blockchain, we're able to, to go back and get actual on-chain data um, in the time intervals that, that we need to make this uh, to a level of, of accuracy to, to, build, to build and optimize that strategy. So really excited about um, how this has gone so far. And, um, and that's, you know, that's kind of the update. And, and, and I'm not going to go into uh, too much of the results yet because this is what we're compiling for our, um, you know, our, our upcoming articles uh, uh, that we're planning and, and already in, in, in the works of writing these out. And of course, everything that we talk about, we want to make sure we have this backtesting data ready to go to back up every every point that we discuss. So, um, so yeah, that's all going going very well. Can't say enough good things about about the dev team um, and, uh, you know, their level of commitment. And, and it's just, it's just uh, a pleasure to work with. Uh, with them. And, and speaking of the dev team, we are growing in size. Um, we have hired clones Cody, which I'm sure everyone in the discord has seen either been helped by him or, or has seen him helping people. And I, I'm sure everybody has uh, in the discord has checked his uh, bots for treasury and uh, TVL and price, uh, all the discord bots. So um, he has, he's definitely been helping mommy for a while. And now I think it's, uh, it's uh time to bring him on board fully which we have so um he will be joining pending some some paperwork he'll be joining next week and um he'll be a, a big part of the new front end uh front end's effort to show a lot more metrics and analytics and data both on a protocol level and a user specific level so really excited for for him to join the team everybody can uh, give him some emojis here in the in the spaces and also, uh, Gray Pixel's on here too. He's supposed to be on holiday, <laughs> so if you could give him some holiday emotes and Gray Pixel. Um, but uh, anyway, so yeah, that's the Dev Team update. And then the final update is on our uh, Zokio audit, which um, you know when we initiated uh, our audit, the priority was of course the V1 of the vault, which was audited first, but um, we also did go ahead and initiate an audit with all of our deployed smart contracts. So that includes the Umami token itself, the Marinade contract, Marinade V2 contract, and the compounded Marinated Umami contract. And so um, two of those have been completed, the reports are completed and, and they're, they're finalizing the, the CM Umami uh, report and so you know watch for those as soon as we uh, have those ready we'll of course add those to our documents and share those around uh, for anyone that's interested in seeing but but those turned out great um, and, and I'm really glad to have uh, you know everything at this point everything comprehensive uh, that we've deployed will now be audited and uh, of course uh, we will be planning to have the v2 vaults uh, audit complete before launch and um, and so that's that's another big priority. So so yeah, that's that's really the update on the uh, the tech side of things. And I'll be around to answer any questions that people might have. And uh, yeah, if, uh, DeFi, if you want to 
uh, say some a few things or, or hand it over to Alex? Yeah, yeah, I'd love to hear from Alex. Um, and Alex, you know, maybe along with, I know you wanted to talk a little bit about um, your recent publication. I, I think that if you wanted to share uh, any more color on the hedge fund structure, that would be fantastic as well. So, so yeah, the uh, just real briefly, the um, the the legal blog that we talked about last time is uh, is going to um, start to be published on um, early next week, probably Monday or Tuesday. Um, I'm really excited about that, and um, uh, you know, obviously, welcome any any feedback um, that anybody from the community has on it, and uh, you know, also, you know, we have a lot of ideas for for things we want to publish in the, um, in, in the blog, but, uh, you know, I'm also really open to feedback from the community. If there's, if there's, you know, issues that you're curious about, um, then just hit me up and say, Hey, I think this would make a good, uh, hit me up at discord or whatever. And, or on Twitter and, and just let me know, Hey, I think, you know, this, this might be a, a good blog topic and, and we'll, we'll certainly try to cover it. I, of course, I always forget the caveat. I just jump off. So <laughs> nothing in the nothing I'm saying now or in the blog is going to be like legal advice. I'm uh, Umami's lawyer. I'm not any individual um, involved with Umami's attorney. Uh, so you know, I don't want uh, we'll publish the blog. You know, and everything I say on here, please don't uh, construe it as legal advice. I so I, I have to kind of do that disclaimer, and I absolutely can't stand it. But which is why I always forget. But uh, that, no, that's out of the way. So yeah, uh, uh, any any feedback on the blog is is uh, is 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 very welcome. And then yeah, I do want to thank you, DeFi, for um, uh, re reminding me that we should I should talk a little bit more about our fund structure because I'm I'm quite excited about that. But uh, but before um, we get into that, I want to just reiterate something Prepop said, which is just how awesome our dev team is, including Prepop. They've just really been been working hard and doing exceedingly good work. Um, so I can't really say enough about them. They are the engine that makes Umami work and uh, and, and just very appreciative of, uh, of of all of our devs and, and really everybody on the team just in, in keeping everything uh, going going forward. So um, you know in terms of the uh, the fund structure that that, that we're, we're uh, launching um, you know, like like DeFi said, that the, the the reason we're we're gravitating towards the hedge fund structure now is largely because that is the the I don't want to say easy because it's all a heavy lift, but but the uh, the the most uh, straightforward uh, way to start bringing in um, in investor capital into into our strategies is is through a hedge fund. And it's it's kind of this funny like foible of the of the American financial legal system that you know the 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 more you limit the uh, the people who can participate in an investment vehicle by um, their assets and income, the less um, red tape there is to launch an an investment vehicle, which is why it, it's under that logic that okay the hedge fund is straightforward because. If we just limit the hedge fund to qualified purchasers, um, which which are very high net worth individuals and and, and, and entities, there's the, the 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 sort of red tape you need you need to go through to um, to to get that fund off the ground is is much less than than compared to 
um, the the red tape you have to go through if you want to launch a structure where you know anybody can come in and and invest their money in with with the strategy. And I don't, I, I mean, I, I'm not necessarily 100% critical of that system, right? Because there are uh, different people have different levels of sophistication, um, and and I think that there is generally value in uh in, in in making sure that that people are not out there um committing fraud which is what a lot of these regulations are intended to prevent whether they are actually related to that is is a different subject for a different day but um you know in the long run our goal is to uh create more and more of these of uh, these legal structures that allow more different types of of investors to um, take advantage of of Umami's products. From you know, starting with uh, you know the, the 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 very wealthy, the qualified purchasers. But you know, I would love to see eventually um, us implementing structures where you know people can uh, just ordinary people with uh, with four hundred one ks and and IRAs are able to. Um, participate in in umami's offerings you know and and so there's there's just a lot of steps that go between um where we are now and 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 getting there and and uh, uh you know we're going to continue to develop the strategies as we develop um these different on ramps and the 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 other thing though that that I really want to highlight about the what's going to be a commonality in all of these structures is and 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 you know, it 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 definitely. This is the I think in a certain sense, from a legal regulatory standpoint, the the most complicated part of what we're doing, which is that all, we want everything to 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 benefit the DAO ultimately, right? That that it's it's the the the, the DAO is the as as I said the last time I was on, you know that the 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 DAO is is the brain and of of the uh of the whole organization and, and it's the most important uh uh part of of what we're doing and so one one thing that that we really are focused on is whenever we ramp up the the new sort of tradfi structures to um to integrate umami's offerings into um you know a, a d- different parts of the world um, the, the question that we always ask is how how does this how is this gonna gonna benefit the DAO? And and uh and we have I think some pretty good strategies right now from from the hedge fund standpoint to make sure that that any any fees that we're getting into the fund ultimately are um re, you know returned to the DAO and and benefit the token holders. Um but it's it's a complicated thing to do and and as far as I'm aware, it's 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 not something that anybody has actually done before, and so, um, you know, I'm I'm optimistic that that we're going to be able to pull this off and really kind of blaze a new trail in decentralized finance, where we take these um, uh, kind of legacy structures from traditional finance and uh, and bootstrap them to uh, to distributed finance. I know that. A lot of the time, a lot of times, I think we get stuck in thinking of how do we do it the other way? How do we bootstrap decentralized finance concepts into traditional finance? Um, but I don't, I don't actually think that's what we're doing. I think that we're doing it the other way. I think that we're 
boots. I think that we're taking uh, the what the the meat of 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 uh, of, of distributed of decentralized finance and you know okay let's conform the real world structures the quote unquote real world structures into something that like makes sense in um in decentralized finance and you know i know that it 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 feels like very discouraging uh, especially if you're in or pay attention to you know um the sort of legal chatter and the legal developments and in crypto you know if you're if you're in that corner of twitter it it kind of feels like it's just you know bad news after bad news um and and it and i don't want to like sugarcoat it right i mean there, there have been a lot of negative developments with regulators in the u.s um you know recently but that doesn't mean that that's always going to be the case and i feel like one of the reasons why i believe so strongly in umami is that there is a place for um the sort of distributed concepts, right? Where where we say, okay, we're doing something that is going to generate yield that's commensurate with the risk that's being taken. And we're going to take that and, and, you know, instead of centralizing the gains uh, from from spreading those strategies out, we're also going to um, spread the gains out. And I think that doing that in an honest and open and transparent fashion uh, will gradually over time when when the regulator is over because there's not there's not a way to do what umami is doing um underground right the whole point of our of our structure is that we're we are out in the open about about what we're doing and you know uh, we are going to have to over time convince the regulators that um what we're doing is actually healthy and good for for the U.S. economy and 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 for investors in in the, in the U.S. And I think that we actually are going to create some some structures that are going to be widely used uh, by by other entities and organizations that operate on chain to uh, uh, to 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 accomplish that that same um, set set of goals. And and it's you know. It is going to be a, a an arduous process with the regulators because you know you, you regulators in the U.S. It's it's they're, they're the proverbial you know uh, gigantic cargo ship, right? They start moving in one direction, and it takes a lot of time and effort to steer them in a different direction. So you know, and we want to be we want to be a part of that uh, that process at Umami. Yeah, no, and and I think what I might add, you know, and this is much to to your credit, Alex, um, you know, although it, I, I fully agree that it's going to be a sort of a protracted process for DeFi as an industry, right, to make its case to the regulators and to work to, you know, hammer out collaboratively uh, an acceptable regulatory framework for the space. Umami itself is, is very well positioned, and I think, you know, very de-risked from um a regular u.s regulatory perspective and again you know i I think that alex deserves a lot of uh a lot of you know thank you for that from the community and and from the team because you know essentially you know sort of to your point about you know regulations being slow moving well that that works both ways right and it turns out that there are you know available 
now, you know, a lot of structures designed, you know, long before DeFi um, existed, you know, really designed with TradFi in mind, but that are very suitable for, you know, our particular goals. And I think that, you know, Alex's work has really allowed us to thread the needle very nicely. So, you know, between kind of having this offshore Cayman Islands-based DAO foundation, right, which, you know, really establishes the protocol itself as something that, you know, lives um, outside of, you know, U.S. jurisdiction in terms of, you know, the the DAO and the Umami token and the smart contracts, Um you know, and then we have the the LLC entity, which is in a services contract with the DAO, right? And so that's that's a very clean setup, you know, that I think everyone on the team feels very comfortable with because Umami Labs really is just a technology services company. We would never have centralized control over, you know, uh, the the protocol itself or community assets, and we wouldn't want that, right? Um, and now, you know, through this Umami Fund Advisors structure, you know, it, it leverages, you know, essentially what, you know, most people would colloquially refer to as a hedge fund uh, structure, which, you know, as Alex was saying, you know, as long as you are, you know, following sort of the appropriate processes for, you know, incorporating these entities, um, and you're sticking to only uh, marketing to, you know, what are called qualified purchasers. So, you know, very large institutional investors or high net worth individuals, you know, they're really, you can probably elaborate on this better than me, Alex, but there's really very, it's almost impossible, you know, as long as you're being honest and transparent, of course, you know, to, to fall askance of, uh, of regulators, whether you're in DeFi or commodities or, you know, anything else, because hedge funds do have such broad latitude in terms of strategy. So I personally feel very comfortable, um, you know, sort of irrespective of where the winds blow with Umami's particular regulatory positioning. Yeah, absolutely, and I I completely agree with 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 all of that. And you know, as we um, move move beyond uh, just doing the hedge fund, we'll we'll run into we'll sort of pick up more and more regulations that that we need to comply with, which is fine. I mean, that's that's the whole point of um, of of doing things the the the, the quote unquote right way. Um, and, and we you know and and it's it's uh again it's it's just we want to do all of that uh with 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 the benefit of of the community in mind and um you know as as i think everybody knows we we're we're, we're pretty committed to transparency at, at umami and and uh, um that extends to these structures that that we're creating and 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 rolling out and you know i i welcome again i really welcome from the community um, the feedback in the form of like, hey, okay, I get the Dow Foundation and I get the services company LLC. Now there's a different LLC or now there's a, a, a different LP. What's that for? Mm-hmm. How, do, how does that benefit the community? And that that's always a valid question, I think. And, and, and we always welcome it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. So I, I'm, I think these are some really good points. I think, you know, if there's any... Um, any takeaways that from what Alex shared that I just kind of want to underscore a few times, because I think they're so important is that, you know, the, this hedge fund, you know, will be generating, um, you know, in all likelihood management and performance fees. I, I, we expect to use, you know, a two and 20 structure or something very similar um, for, you know, fees for assets managed, you know, off chain by this hedge fund, that fee revenue, which we expect to be very significant, 
as we scale is going to be sent back to the DAO, right? Like there's at no point are, you know, we as the team sticking our fingers in these revenue bowls before they are returned to the community, distributed to our marinators and shared transparently through our um, treasury updates, through the invoices that we post each month. We're going to be really scrupulous about that. We will, of course, share the contract, whatever form it takes. Um, you know, when, when we're complete with this prop, when we've completed this process, we will absolutely share the services agreement between the DAO and the Umami Fund Advisors GP um, that will stipulate that the fee revenue collected by the fund is sent back to the DAO. Um, so you guys will be the beneficiary. We would never be sort of taking cuts for ourselves in a non-transparent way or creating entities, you know, that benefit us without benefiting the community. So I just really wanted to highlight that. Um, and I think, you know, the only other thing that I will underscore, you know, I've said this many times, but I might just say it on every call because it's important to me. And I think it's important to many in the community. We are not becoming CFI, a a DAO such as Umami, you know, truly, you know, sort of born from a you know decentralized, you know, a non-community, um, you know, that with the the core team here sort of brought on, you know, by a community mandate through snapshot votes, you know, us creating these entities is fundamentally different from someone like you know Coinbase, right, which was always corporate you know, moves, beginning to dabble with, you know, some on-chain activities, right? And so, you know, even as we create Umami Labs LLC, which we have, right? So we have a, you know, company that, you know, is structured like a startup where the team works. And, you know, now we're creating Umami Advisors, um, the hedge fund, you know, those things will never compromise the, you know, autonomy, the decentralization, and, you know, the permissionless, trustless nature of our smart contracts on-chain. Those are different entities, um, and, you know, really the, the advisors and LLC exist just to support the, the DAO, um, and, you know, never to produce some kind of centralized fail point or, you know, make it so that the DAO or community members themselves, you know, fall under U.S. jurisdiction when, you know, that's simply not the case. Um, so I just wanted to flag those things. Grumpy, um, any, any community updates you wanted to share? Yeah, yeah, guys. Thanks. Uh, great call so far. Uh, just a couple things to flag on the um, the community side of things. Um, if you guys are planning on entering the community um, art competition, make sure you get your submissions in before Monday. Um, we'll be we'll be announcing the the winners probably mid afternoon or something like that. And then um, we got some interesting AMAs coming up. We'll be doing a podcast with the uh, the Blueberry guys next week. The guys at GMX. So so hopefully that'll be that'll be pretty cool. All right, uh, JD Tiger, why don't you go ahead and ask your question, and you know, we'll, we'll have Nick share as soon as he's able to. Do That's so. cool. So, just thus far, I wanted to say is the most fascinating AMA you guys have had so far, and um, it's almost like you guys were trying to put it out in like a nonchalant way, but but some of this is really, really interesting stuff. But um, Alex, I'm I'm curious on on your um, your way to kind of. Um, bridge TradFi to DeFi. Um, I think it's Blue Ocean, but I'm curious on what is the immediate oversight that's going to be had on um, that head front structure. Um, basically, asking is that a part of the Securities Act of um, 1938? Is that immediately go under the SEC? 
Yeah, that's a that's a really great question. Um, so so to kind of dig into the nuts and bolts of that hedge fund structure, the um, the the in, in you know just it, it, it kind of I think for for a lot of um, uh, DeFi and crypto, just kind of addressing the elephant in the room head on, right? Which is that we, we will be offering securities through the hedge fund, right? I mean that is the point of 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 the hedge fund and the reason. We're going with the um, with with the qualified purchaser uh, construct. Is that if your fund is limited to qualified purchasers, you are exempt um, from registration under the 1933 Securities Act and the 1940 um, Investment Company Act. And so that is the um, that that's that's the reason. And I think that's actually I don't want to say the reason because that's not accurate, but that is. An important reason why we selected um, that structure to sort of move forward on first is is because there is a very clear exemption um, from registration uh, to make that type of offering. But I I I, I want to also be very transparent that that a lot of what we're envisioning um, are securities offerings that are. Um, not exempt from registration. And that's why um, it, it, it is very important for me uh, and, I think, and I think for Umami generally to, to have a positive relationship with the SEC and the, and, and the CFTC as much as I, I, it's like I'm almost saying that through like gritted teeth because, because I'm not a fan of either of those organizations. But we will, the goal for Umami is to eventually be in a position where we can uh, make uh, offerings which are which are not um, exempt uh, from registration, and we are going to form you know entities that that, that will be registered. And um, you know, from a legal standpoint, I think that I don't want to dress it up. I think that the relationship of those entities to the DAO will be quite complicated, but. Just because a problem is difficult to solve doesn't mean that it's it's not solvable. And so I look forward to uh, to, to tackling that that particular challenge when when we get there. But uh, but that is, um, I, I think, a very uh, astute question because it, it is a big driver. I mean, we did not go the the, the uh, qualified purchaser route because we're like, oh wow, you know, we we really want to be in the room, you know. And to, to the exclusion of all other people with 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 individuals with a net worth of five million dollars or more, you know that is not um, nothing against those people, but but that is not uh, that is not where we're coming from. Where we're coming from is we want to um, start making these these tradfi type offerings, and um, uh, you know it's it's kind of like a crawl, walk, and then run type um, type type scenario, and and so. It is as odd as it is to say. I, I kind of view this hedge fund construct as as us crawling into the world of, of traditional finance, where eventually we would like to be running. Okay. So, and just so I, I'm pretty sure I, I understand you here, but um, basically, the the hedge fund um, offering of securities is almost like a custodial. Um, where they're able to give you United States dollars and, and basically you're able to hold um, crypto positions in the product suite. 
um, for those traditional qualified investors. That's exactly right. Yep. Cool. Yep. And, 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 and just to, to sort of, you know, we, to add a little bit more, you're, you're hundred percent correct in, in your understanding of, of, of what we're doing and a big part of the other licenses and structures that we're pursuing is, is being able to step into that um, custodial role um, for different, for, for uh, people who are situated in different fashions. And it's a strange thing to say, right? Because we're all kind of, we all kind of like DeFi here, right? So nobody who's on this call is particularly interested in, um, you know, a custodial solution because you all know how your ledgers work and, and you don't really want somebody to do that. But the, but the reality is um, that, that as I think a lot of people have seen, you know, if more capital is going to come into, into, you know, uh, the uh, digital asset ecosystem, um, it, it's going to have to come from people who do not necessarily want to have a ledger or learn how to use MetaMask or any of those things. And that's actually okay. Just like you could not, I mean, it, it, there is a, a, a TradFi analogy here, right? Which is that um, the stock market would not function the way that it functions if, you know, your average person who wanted to invest in Apple in their retirement account needed to like keep physical copies of share certificates in a safe somewhere. You know, that's, that, that is just not how people think. And so the, the custodial solution is, is really a big part of, I think, what we have to offer to the traditional finance world. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah. I apologize. Um, but I, I'm just curious really quickly though, based on that product suite, if you guys are going to offer securities obviously and, and take up, um, large TVL positions in those products, is this something where these product suites then become isolated for these type of customers or is this something where it would be split up yeah that's a great question i i, I might i'll speak to that because that's actually something i was i was about to to share that's a very on point question um the short answer is um is is no in the following sense okay so we are going to build a permissionless um vault on chain right that vault will, you know, issue its depositors a receipt token. Um, now, you know, just just by way of analogy, right? And I think this makes it, you know, very hopefully very clear. Like as soon as I explain it, you know, we're going to have other sort of crypto native hedge funds, right? I mean, there's plenty of crypto hedge funds out there who are going to just, you know, deposit into our vault, and you know, they will have their own gnosis safe, and they will hold, you know, that vault token in custody, um, you know, for their fund in their Gnosis safe, right? I mean, that was something we saw with the V1 as well. Um, so that's, that's pretty standard. And there's really nothing about their experience that's any different from a retail investor, right? Except that they happen to be a crypto hedge fund. Well, you know, when we create Umami Advisors, um, Umami Fund Advisors, this, this private fund, the mechanics are going to be, you know, fundamentally the same. Uh, you know, keep in mind that we also have, you know, a, a Circle account that works as an on-ramp, uh, off-ramp um, for fiat to crypto and and back. Um, so really, all that's happening is, you know, we raise a certain amount of, uh, you know, fiat, you know, USD um, through these hedge fund structures. 
with a mandate to, you know, offer the depositors, you know, exposure either to ETH and, you know, USD or BTC, essentially, right? I think we'll, we'll have multiple funds uh, for these sort of different core assets. And, you know, then they'll on-ramp through the Circle account and, you know, use the resultant USDC to, uh, you know, do whatever they need to do, swap into, you know, ETH, BTC, or, you know, just stick with USDC to deposit into our vaults, right? And then, you know, they'll have associated Gnosis safes, uh, we, we expect, that would hold, you know, those vault tokens in custody as a receipt, right, on behalf of the fund LPs. So, you know, hopefully just, I'm, I'm, I hope I'm not over-explaining the mechanics, but I think you see it's like essentially just the same process that existing crypto funds use. It's really not fundamentally different from what a retail investor would do. And so the key point there is there's nothing about this structure. This is kind of the beauty of it. There's nothing about this structure that compromises the or, or alters the smart contracts or the vaults themselves in any way. Um, and, you know, that's one of the reasons we really like this solution is, you know, it, it, contrary to what someone might think when we say, you know, hedge fund, this is a much simpler, cleaner and, you know, sort of less um, compromising solution than if we, for example, built in KYC at the level of the smart contract itself, right? Like the ability to blacklist addresses. We're not doing that. We're just going to do KYC with the fund depositors. Um, and, you know, that's how the funds will stay, you know, fully compliant. So I hope that does that answer your question? Absolutely does, honestly. I mean, I could sit here and ask, uh, you know, questions all day. I definitely have others um, that I have, but um, I'll take it off. I, I'm just fascinated by the business strategy you guys have. It's 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 definitely next level and uh, feels like a good investment. So appreciate it. Um, yeah. And actually, one little tidbit that I will share, we have not touched on this, um, not, not because I think we were actively planning to withhold it, but rather just because I, I didn't want to overly complicate the, the narrative um, in today's call. And, and I still don't want to overly complicate it. So I'm just going to keep this very general and, you know, we'll, we'll share more um, as our own plans become more clear. But there's another really significant source of upside from Umami Advisors um, from having this hedge fund structure, uh, which is this, you know, as we've been very, you know, we've been very open about the fact that TVL that our V2 vaults can take is, of course, limited by the TVL of GLP, right? We would never want to pump in, you know, so much new liquidity into GLP that we're diluting, you know, the returns for GLP holders, right? We would be diluting our own returns. Um, so, you know, our internal estimates suggest, you know, sort of this uh, fairly optimistic kind of upside scenario, we, we think we can probably scale uh, TVL maybe as high as, you know, 200 million into the V2 vaults before, you know, we would start to hit hit that point, um, you know, maybe 150 million more conservatively. So, you know, that's actually not that much, frankly, you know, in, in the broad scheme of things. Of course, as I think everyone here knows, we're working on, you know, subsequent product, and you can see it in our roadmap, um, that will be much more scalable. But product development takes time. Well, this hedge fund that we're creating, our, our plan right now is actually to, you know, diversify away, you know, smart contract risk and, you know, concentrated, you know, exposure to GMX for these depositors by offering some other extremely, you know, stable 
blue chip sources of ETH, BTC and USDC yield to our hedge fund LPs, you know, outside of Umami products. What our Umami products will do is they will give these hedge funds a competitive advantage over just about anything else, any other hedge fund, you know, competing fund could offer because, you know, our products will have significantly higher yield than alternatives. But the, the key point that I'm making is that, you know, we actually, we think that there will be a desire for our LPs, you know, TradFi is sort of a little more, little more conservative, and this might be their entire crypto allocation to have some exposure to things other than just Umami. We will happily oblige that because what that means is that we can scale our hedge fund AUM to, you know, in a way that is not limited by the amount of TVL that we can put into our current V2 vaults that we'll be launching. In other words, we can get more revenue for the DAO than we would have been able to get without the hedge fund because it's more than just a pass-through into the vaults. It'll actually be a, a, a bit more diversified and a bit more of, you know, imagine a comprehensive sort of very simple, safe blue chip ETH yield strategy that is, you know, is, includes a very large umami vault allocation, for example. Um, so hopefully that's clear to you guys. But, you know, the long and short of that, no pun intended, is, you know, we can essentially have, you know, we'll have a TVL metric for our on-chain TVL in the vaults. We'll have an assets under management, AUM metric for the hedge fund. AUM can go higher then Vault TVL and all the management fees from that and performance fees uh, will, of course, be sent back to the DAO. So that's that's how we're thinking about that. I'm happy to answer any questions anyone has. So I have a question. As a as a holder of Umami and, you know, I have, all, I have mine marinated, um, in the future, you know, when, when these products are ready to go to market will there be an opportunity for holders um to leverage their networks to help drive sales and like onboard yeah. this institutional capital um the reason i ask is i have a great network like uh my brother-in-law was a, a portfolio manager for citadel uh for about three years like worked worked closely with kim griffith and uh was also involved with sampling capital and I, I have a large network of TradFi, I guess. So I'm just chopping sure. at the bit to go to them and be like, look, you want to onboard? This is, this is the way, you know, let, let, let me show you the way. Uh, and, and these guys, like you say, they're chomping at the bit, I think to get in and uh, kind of like, I can't remember who made the point, you know, like not, not everybody that buys stocks is going to go hold the certificates. I, I love that because once Web3, I think, is just made to where it's just point and click and trustworthy, you know, and, and regulatory compliant, it's going to explode, in my opinion. So, like, I'm just like going, man, I'd, I'd love to just go network and, you know, almost kind of do sales. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, you should. Uh, are you in our Discord? Do you hang out in our community Discord? I, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm in it. I was like, I was. I was in it back in the, uh, gosh, I'm, I'm have uh, the zero to own days. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Yes. You're an OG. Well, hey, uh, you know, Nick W just pinged you in our uh, main Discord chat. Yeah. Um, feel free to reach out to him, reach out to me. We should talk. Um, I think, you know, in, in your case, we should, you know, just, just reach out to us individually and we'll, we'd love to have that conversation. And yeah, I think that for the community, 
as a whole, we should definitely talk about, you know, some way maybe uh, Grumpy could lead a community competition um, or something along those lines. We definitely value, you know, if you guys know anyone who would be interested in this, uh, reach out to us. Absolutely. Oh, that's great. That's great. Well, um, yeah, again, you guys are doing a great job and um, I just in- enjoy being a holder and listener to these spaces and I, I see the vision and uh, keep keep building, keep going because I, I think we're definitely going to make it. Thank you. Yeah, right. I, we, we do as well. Um, yeah, no, <laughs> really appreciate that. Great. Thanks. Well, I appreciate the time. Um, I see a question in the AMA questions channel in Discord. So just as a reminder for you guys, um, if you're not able to ask a question through the voice chat here on Spaces, hop into our Discord. Uh, You can see a link at the top of this Twitter account um, and go to AMA questions and people can type questions there. So this this community member is asking, you know, a lot of things happening in the background with the V2 vaults, the new UI, the private funds. What is the core team? see currently missing or lacking that they want to do but don't have the time slash resources it's a great question we've talked about this internally um you know i definitely would would of course always love uh feedback from you know other other folks here on the team who are you know who've been sharing um but on my end i would say you know if we had unlimited bandwidth our our second product, you know, the the ETH two product that we're you know keeping a little close to the vest with respect to the exact strategy, uh, that's definitely something we would be um, putting even more time into, right? So in a perfect world where you know we all have unlimited bandwidth, I think we would be you know focusing as much on developing you know very quickly the strategy. Um, you know, doing the modeling and the back testing and, you know, really making, you know, refining our market positioning um, and product strategy for the ETH2 product um, alongside the V2 vaults. Of course, things don't work that way. I think we're doing things, you know, in absolutely the right way in the right sequence. Um, and it, we really, we're doing, I think we're doing things you know, for the real world where there is limited bandwidth. This is like absolutely the best approach, what we're doing, but yeah, of course, I would love if we, you know, also had that product, you know, halfway finished as well, uh, mainly because I think that the market opportunity in ETH2 is just incredible. I think that, you know, we have some ideas internally that can really differentiate us. We're not just going to be mimicking uh, Lido and Coinbase, for example. Um, we're, we're thinking about it quite differently from that. Um, and I think that there is, you know, first mover advantage. I think we're still going to capture that. Um you know, in fact, actually, you know, Peter Thiel says it's really not about being the first mover. It's about being the last mover in a market, meaning having, you know, the product that ends up being the definitive product in whatever subset of the market you're trying to capture. And I do think we're going to succeed in that. Um, but, yes, that's something that excites me. So certainly, you know, we would be uh, it, that, that would be my answer to your question. Does anyone else have thoughts? All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. And hopefully that was helpful. Feel free to, you know, always follow up. Uh, with any questions you have in our general Umami chat, uh, Mr. Grumpy Pants, our mod, will definitely uh, give you guys great answers. So thank you so much, everyone, and we will chat next Friday. Yep. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everybody, for coming out. Mm-hmm.